there, I was like, have you been like buying weed like the whole time? But I recognized it was the bag that I brought in myself from the park. <laughs> I initially thought it was. That's great. And we're live. Let's Hi. go. Ah, Chris, all right. How you doing, man? I'm great. I had a very good week. Same here. I had a pretty good fucking week, too. Nice. And, well, first things first. Uh, we're now on iTunes. We are on iTunes. So you can find us in the podcast app mm-hmm. just by looking for Film's Sake, mm-hmm. and we'll be there. Episode four came out today as well. And it was fucking awesome. If you haven't heard it yet, go listen to that. Absolutely. Please go listen to it. It's really fucking good. We talk about romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Yes. So we're moving on. Also, you remember that last time when we fucked up the microphones because we had the wrong power supply? I, I vaguely remember that, yeah. Vaguely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Today, we made it work. So we now we have really good microphones yes. and my voice is clear as fucking you how, ice. Do you hear how crispy this is? This, this is, is fucking delicious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so sexy. Nice. Uh, so we have new equipment. Now we have like semi-professional equipment. Yep. So now I feel like we're actually a podcast. Now Definitely. we sound like a podcast. We sound like it now, yeah. And I'm excited as shit. We're on iTunes, so yep. please go find us on For Film's Sake. We would love for your support. Uh, review us and rate us. We would love to hear what you think about our episodes. Also on uh, on Twitter, uh, underscore FFS podcast. Uh, you can go follow us on Twitter and check out episodes from there too. Absolutely. And we're probably going to come up with a Facebook page eventually. Yep. yep. But we're waiting to have a little bit of traction before we release more social media. Definitely. Um, but yes. All right. Super exciting fucking new equipment yeah and we are moving up in, in content yeah so today we're going to talk about horror but before that let's catch up how was your week oh um my week i guess i have to start off with deadpool <laughs> you know <laughs> shit that's right you finally saw it i finally saw deadpool how was that pool it was really really good i encourage yeah. anyone to go see it you know it's um it's, it's not your typical superhero movie. It's not, not your all. typical romance movie. And they say that a number of times in the film. They let you know it's not a typical romance or superhero movie. Um, still not going to give too much away just because it's still a little soon since yeah, it's come out. Probably brand new. Yeah. But um, it's a must watch. You really have to go see this. It's not It's not like X-Men. It's not like any other superhero movie you've seen. The comedy is amazing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's funny all the way through, you know, but- so... The movie knows its tone. Like, it absolutely oh. knows. It's very self-aware. And you need to, to be Deadpool. Yeah. But even from, like, the credit scenes, like, the direct, the, the credits are in, like, Tim Miller or Ryan yeah. Reynolds. It's like yeah. some asshole that directed this movie, some douchebag. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing is very self-aware, very sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very silly. I mean, it's, it, and it, it even holds to um, Deadpool the comic to where they're breaking the fourth wall yeah. and actually communicating directly with the audience. It's you know? so good. And yeah. they did it so like subtly and fucking deliciously. And it's just like, it's yeah. like eating like a ribeye with like a, like butter just melted oh, over God. it. It's like, ah, <laughs> but, but you know, the one, the one negative I have to say about the movie didn't even have to, anything to do with the movie on the screen. <laughs> a woman came in there with like a seven year old kid, oh, I guess yeah. like six or seven who was super young. You know, so like the first 30 minutes, you know, is her. Oh, no, no, don't look at this. Close your eyes from the, the one sex scene or whatever. Yeah. You know, don't look at this. Close your eyes. Look away, yada, yada, yada. And the kid is like talking and dropping things. And she's having to go over aisles to get it from. So I'm like, what the hell? You know, so it's like, I don't have a problem that you brought a child to go see a rated R movie. I have a problem with that. You brought a child into, to go see a rated R movie and you interrupted my movie going experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's what my problem stems from. Listen. 
fuck the possible child psychological damage that he may get from this. Yes. I just want to see my movie. Exactly. You fucking selfish bitch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, so, so other than that, you know, it was really, really good. Not highly recommended. It was really Dude, good. That was one of my, I think it's my favorite superhero movie yeah. to date. Because it knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And it does it fucking beautifully. It does. And the action is filmed fantastically. It does. It's so good. It, it immediately goes in my, my top three to five. Like, I don't know. It could be number one. I don't know yet. It's still yeah. so soon. I still have Guardians of the Galaxy as my number one. But like I said, I've only seen Deadpool once, and that was three days ago. You yeah. know, so let it let it sit on me for a while, and hey. I think I need, I need a second view of Deadpool to, like, Same. really appreciate all that it did. Same. But I fucking love that movie. Yep. It was the, so good. The day after in uh, Professor Bumgarner's, yeah. he broke it down, you know, from sequence to sequence. Oh, actually, with uh, the different sequences, eight sequences, mm-hmm. uh, you've seen how it was uh, very fam- uh, similar to um, Pulp Fiction, how everything is shot out of sequence. Okay, you know? yeah, because it, it is it flashes back and yep. forth. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really good. The, the timeline is a little a little funky, but it all comes together and it's really, really good. I, I think it did it really well. And the visual jokes, like, uh, visual jokes in movies are really difficult if you're not Edgar Wright. Yeah, exactly. We, we had a whole episode <laughs> about that, how people weren't doing it well. but Exactly, because comedy is just kind of like slightly edited improv. But mm-hmm. Deadpool made full of the whole spectrum, sound and visuals and dialogue. And it all came together really fucking fantastic. So, yeah. if you're a superhero fan, you might not be a Deadpool fan but mm. absolutely go watch this movie just because what it's doing to the superhero genre 100% yeah we already have like an, an R-rated superhero movie yeah. coming along yeah. um, but Deadpool super exciting anything um, else oh yeah um, the next thing I watched um, the television series called Love on Netflix I've been meaning to watch that it's uh, Judd Apatow is the showrunner on that starring Paul Rust and Gillian Jacobs we talked about it last last week at the end for the premieres that thing is so good. Is it? I'm only three episodes in right now. I think it's uh, 10 episodes total. Okay. I'm th- from the three episodes I've seen, number one, I love that, that they have women carrying more television shows. With um, Gillian Jacobs, she was in uh, the community. She's okay. carrying this television show, and she's amazing in it. I feel like I'm using the over the I'm overusing the word amazing, but but it fits. It fits. She did a really really good job, you know. So she's carrying that show and the soundtrack. You know, it's like when you when I think about Judd Apatow, I mean, it's like I, I imagine you know a forty to fifty something year old Jewish guy. You know, yeah. I mean, just honestly. But then I hear the soundtrack, and I'm like, it's he he has he blends genres for that soundtrack so well. Really? You'll, you'll go from seventies funk to 90s pop to 60s you know jazz i mean it's all over the place and it's really 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 good that's definitely on my on my top watch list Mm. uh anything else uh yep (laughs) jesus christ i got i got into a lot this week uh the the uh, the next thing i saw was um 11 right i've heard about that yeah it was on it's on it's only on hulu yeah. You know, but it's um, it's a Stephen. It's from the Stephen King novel. Um, it's directed by J.J. Abrams and it's starring James Franco. I thought it was just produced by him. Uh, produced by uh, maybe he is only producing it. I know what no. uh, Stephen King wrote it, but maybe he is only producing and not directing this. But uh, James Franco is starring in it, and he's doing a really, really good job. I've heard about. I was in I was in Macfest this weekend, mm-hmm. and I was in, the, in like a party, in a DJ party, yeah. and they were talking about that show, saying yeah. that it was really fucking good. It is. I mean, as long as you can get over the time travel aspect of it, because mm-hmm. it's not really explained all that too much, you know. So if you can suspend your your sense of disbelief, you know, for a moment, then you can get into some really good storytelling and acting. But um, watch that, and that brought me to the next thing for the need for multiple platforms. 
you know, yeah. like I've I've had Netflix for the longest time and I was like, I'm not going to pay for Amazon Prime. I'm not going to pay for Hulu. I'm not going to pay for the YouTube, new YouTube <laughs> that they have. Yeah, YouTube red bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But but the more things that are coming out that are singular to that platform, like uh, Amazon, they have transparent. They have their own original series that are really good that I have to have Amazon Prime for. Netflix, I have to have Netflix. And now Hulu has that the 11, 22, 63. Yeah. Have, they have another show called Casual. So I'm like, I might just need all these platforms and just get rid of a television. Well, that's the thing, because we came from cable, mm -hmm. where you had to subscribe to one place to get all this content. Yeah. But now we have a choice. Now we can elect what to watch and what not to watch. Mm -hmm. And I think that for the next couple of years, we're going to be falling into that trap of like, well, this one has a show that I really want. Mm -hmm. And this one doesn't have a show that I really want. Yep. So I think that for the next couple of years, we're going to be seeing people subscribing to Amazon Prime yeah. for like two months to watch yeah. the show. Then canceling that subscription, going to Netflix, do, doing the same, do jumping around platforms. Completely agree. Uh, until we get, until people realize, all right, well, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. We need a new way to do it. Yep. Um, but I'm excited because fucking fuck cable. I hate cable. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you see the same thing happening uh, in music right now with, yeah. uh, with Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal. Mm -hmm. You know, so where some people exclusively release only through Apple. And unless you have Apple Music, you can't even listen to anything on there. Same thing with Tidal. I mean, it's, it's yeah. getting ridiculous. But at least with music, you get a little bit more, you get a little bit more depth in the pool. Because most musicians that are, I listen to a lot of independent musicians. Mm -hmm. So I, I, oh, yeah. I don't run that problem with like yeah. Kanye, for example, who mm -hmm. releases album like on like two platforms. Yeah. Or Taylor Swift or, uh, you know, just like the, yeah. the, the bigger names, they're releasing exclusive. Because they can songs. afford to do that. So I listen to most indie artists, so yeah. they, they release on everything they can. Nice. Um, so with music, I haven't run into that. But with television, it's definitely a definitely. fucking issue. Yeah. Um, but talking to about what I saw mm -hmm. this weekend, I, well, first of all, I was out of town since yep. the last podcast. I went to Washington, D.C. Let's hear about it. For the Music and Gaming Festival, MAGFest. Yeah. Fucking amazing convention. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite places to, like, just meet people yeah. and talk about gaming and music. Nice. It's so good. Everyone's, like, a huge family. Mm -hmm. And sure, there are a couple of cunts here and there, but right. it's always good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always yeah. super fun. Yeah. I saw Ninja Sex Party. Uh, they had a concert. Who? Ninja Sex Party is a comedy band. Okay. Uh, they sing about dicks, pretty much. Nice. Uh, dicks and farts. That word's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's really in-depth comedy. It I sounds it, like... I take it very, very seriously. Very serious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw Ninja Sex Party. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're like... Uh, they're heroes of mine, really. Nice. They were there with... Topic were Remix Party, another comedy band. They joined together. Okay. Had played out a 5,000-person concert. Nice. So... We are at the Gaylord National Convention Hotel, mm -hmm. listening to five thousand people listening to a band sing about dicks. Wow, it's fucking fantastic. With a Tenacious D, would they fit in that same vein of comedy band, or were they legit band? They're comedy band. Comedy band, okay. the, but uh, yeah, but they're a little too big for the MacFest, I think. Yeah, but yeah. they're they're a comedy band, definitely. Okay. And so after that, we saw a couple of DJs, mm -hmm. um, independent DJs, nice, uh, doing the same thing, just music. They played right after Ninja Sex Party, and it was so much fun. People nice. were partying. And it was just, ah, it was just really good. I saw a bunch of like, I'm a huge gamer. I run a YouTube show mm -hmm. about gaming on the side. What's the name of the show? Oh, I run a press it to play on YouTube. Nice. You can find it. Uh, the uploads are a bit wonky right now because I'm juggling the podcast and I'm juggling school along with it. Mm -hmm. And editing an episode takes me like two hours yeah. every time I do it. <clears throat> so as soon as I can get more editing time, there'll be more episodes. Nice. Um, but it was really fun because you get to talk to this like independent game developers. 
And, you know, they're genuinely, they're excited to, like, show you the game. And they give you your hands, like, fuck yeah, you can have a game. Play yeah. it on the show. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I like you. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun to go there. And it's, it's one of my favorite conventions. It's the only one that I try to go to every year. Uh, just because you get to meet a lot of people. The, what, what fascinates me about the whole idea is when you're saying the, the independent music is playing and then immediately after you have DJs doing independent music yeah. and the, the culture of that, why, why I'm uh, intrigued by it, is I'm, I'm accustomed to going to a concert to where everyone knows every single song, everyone knows the artist, and they're, they're, uh, it's a bit of a, a sheep culture almost mm-hmm. because they don't recognize what they like, they recognize what other people like. Yeah. You know, so when you're in that uh, independent type of uh, structure, then you have to, you as yourself, as an individual, you get to choose whether you like this or not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And the, the interesting thing about having all these sort of independent musicians in the same building is yeah. that they're playing right after the other. Mm. So most likely you're going to be there to look at one person and mm. then the only person starts playing. And so you're exposed, you're constantly exposed to new content. Oh, yeah. And the people are always talking about like, hey, did you hear Ninja Sex Party? Or did you hear Top Ever Remix Party? Or did you hear DJ Codman? Yeah. And you're always constantly having conversations with people about this content. Nice. And it's, it's a really cool way to grow, uh, like see the industry grow. Mm. Uh, because most of these DJs, five years ago, they were starting out and now they're playing sold out shows at MacFest. And it's all because the convention let them showcase their talents. Man, I mean, it's as, as exciting as it sounds, you should probably like love it right now before it turns into what Comic-Con has turned into now. Yeah, pretty you much. Know? <laughs> like, honestly. Uh, it's still a 25,000 people convention, which yeah. is just the right size. Yeah. Um, but I had, a fun, I had a lot of fun with that, made a lot of friends. Yeah. And uh, it, just, it was just a super cool environment. I'm jealous. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really <laughs> fun. Awesome. We, should, we should take a trip there one time. Definitely, so I'm into it. Uh, and then, uh, but while I was in the hotel during my chill out moments, because we walked like, uh, if we walk 50 miles yeah. the whole weekend, that's too little. Okay. <laughs> we walked the shit out. <laughs> yeah. So my legs were dead. Yeah. So in the hotel room, I chilled out for like six hours in total and I watched Better Call Saul. Oh, nice. And it's so good. You've it's se- just. Mm. You've seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Breaking Bad. I wasn't a huge fan of Breaking Bad mm. because it focused too much on Skylar and Marie yep. and Hank. And yep. I was like, I don't give a shit about them, really. Mm. I just give a shit about, like, what Walter's going through. Okay. So I was forced through a lot of episodes that I didn't really want to watch. Mm. Um, but Breaking Bad was really good. Yeah. But Better Call Saul is fucking fantastic. I haven't seen one episode. It is so good. Hmm. Please go see it. I will. And the reason it's so good is because it's more intimate to Saul. Okay, Or yeah. Jimmy McG- McGilling. That's yeah. his real name. Yeah. And the cinematography is fucking fascinating. Mm. Like, it's a little bit more experimental than Breaking Bad. And, uh... You can tell that, I don't know, Vince Gilligan created but he didn't direct it. Some mm-hmm. other dude directed it. And you can tell that that guy like, cares about the, the soul of the project. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it feels really good. And nice. it's a good origin story for Jimmy McGillan. Uh, I, watched, I watched that. I watched Better Call Saul. I, I started watching The Right last night, a horror movie with Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. about a priest that gets, uh, that gets forced into being an exorcist. The right, yeah, the right. That's on Netflix. Mm. It's uh, I didn't care too much about it. Mm. It was just kind of the, but uh, since we're talking about horror, I figured I'd bring it up. Mm. The right, not that great, but it's a, it's a cool sort of concept for a horror movie. All right, and uh, I think as far as I watched, it's pretty much it because I was so busy yeah. doing other shit. I watched about six episodes of Better Call Saul. That's mm. about half a season. Yep. Uh, there's two seasons out. If you like, uh, if you like. Good character, good writing, and good cinematography. Go check out Better Call Saul. That shit's amazing. I'm and also, and 
Paul, Saul Goodman. I don't know who the actor is. Bob mm. Orderick, I think. Is Bob Orderick, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. always fucking funny. Odenkirk. I think yeah. 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 Odenkirk. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's really good. He's That's good. pretty much all I watched this movie this weekend. Uh, the, yeah. la- the last thing that I did see was something we've been following up on for, I think, all of our podcasts is the uh, the upcoming election. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. And what I, what uh, what happened was um, Clinton won, uh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton um, beat out uh, Bernie Sanders. Now, according to Nevada, Clinton won the black vote by 76% to Bernie's 22%. Huh. Now, by comparison, Barack Obama in 2008 won 83% of the black vote. Now, not, not the minority vote, so just specifically only black, black people. people. Yeah. And now, over that time in Nevada, Bernie spent a lot of his money on TV ads in the States. And uh, they actually um, dug up the uh, the arrests when mm-hmm. he was arrested in support of black people back then. I saw that picture, yeah. Yeah. So he was he put all of his eggs in that Nevada basket, you know, hoping to come away with a victory and mm-hmm. did not. So I'm thinking he may lose some steam here. But it, it made me change my way of thinking a, a little bit. How so? And, and, it re- and I realized why politics gets so um, heated, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, like I said, I've, I've been in support of Bernie Sanders for, for a while now, and I still am. But coming to terms with the fact that he may not get elected, I had to look at what is the alternative to Hill, which is Trump. You know, yeah. <laughs> an alternative to, to that now will be Hillary. You know, so I just started looking into Hillary and I just see all the negative things that people are talking about her. And that's fine. You know, she she's not a perfect presidential candidate, just like no one is. Mm-hmm. You know, but the thing, the thing that, that is sticking with me here is... Now, w- women have progressively become the breadwinners in America. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like a 100% thing, but the tide has definitely turned from the 30s and 40s to where the women were barefoot pregnant in the kitchen to where they are literally the breadwinners of America. You know, they, they're at the forefront and the, the country is changing, but we don't have a figurehead to reflect that, mm-hmm. you know. So when Barack Obama was elected president, the uh, there was a title change, you know, just putting people of African-American descent just one pay, one peg higher, you mm-hmm. know, with with Clinton. If Clinton was to ever become elected, you know, that's we're, t- we're talking about the change of, of Bernie Sanders. That's a radical change that I would love to see happen, but it's very radical. Yeah. Now, that's that's progressive change. If Hillary was to be elected, that's immediate change. That is immediate. But what what what, that, what I'm saying here is that the uh, the social structure that we have in America, you would, would have it would have to change. change. You would have to look but, at. What, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I'm just saying in, in the presidential office, you would have to look at the woman being the head of America, and yeah. it's just a reflection of what America is right there. And you have to look at the first time us ever having a first gentleman, you know, yeah. as the the male being the the second person in line. And I I'm, I don't have that big of a problem with. Just America happened to look at that and understand yeah. that. I'm super into the idea of like having a female president. Mm. Uh, what my issue is that I don't think Clinton is the right female president because she's got a lot of she's got a lot of like privacy issues. She's got a lot of like oh email like the the email issue that's been going on. Oh yeah, she's very wishy washy. I mean, she was against gay rights mm-hmm. when gay rights was popular to be against the don't act don't tell. Yeah. yeah, but now that gay rights has sort of become really accepted. Now she's she, with it. Now she's, now she's with it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, well, fuck! You didn't want a sucking dick before, but now you're gonna let us suck dick. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you? What uh, what are you about? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at how wishy-washy she is. Oh, no, she's terribly yeah. wishy-washy, but I'm like, the alternative, if we can't have Bernie... We're gonna have Bern- I'm going to have to vote for Hillary. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not even a Hillary because fan. Because I'm not voting for any Bush. I'm not voting... There's no other Democratic candidate, really. Jeb Bush stepped down. Really? He did? He, he did. rubbed the race? Oh, exactly. after that awkward bullshit that yep. he got kicked off the stage. Yeah. He handled that so poorly. Yeah. He fucked up. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that he's down. But like... It, 
our options are very, very limited, the selections. Mm -hmm. It's either like Bernie wins or it's Hillary. Yeah. And if Hillary doesn't win, then whoever comes in is going to fuck things up. I, I'm guaranteeing. Yeah, those are our three options at this point. And, and, the, and the thing is, is like what I went back to was Newton's third law of motion. For every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. Yeah. And you have to have balance. And that's just in everything and anything in life. And because of what George W. Bush was to America, I mean, whether you, I'm not going to judge him at all, a good president or a bad president, yeah. but whatever energy he had, that same energy you ha is the reason why we have Barack Obama. Yeah. The opposite of that, that balance is why we have Barack Obama. But now if we're going so far to the left and that dramatic and radical of a change of Barack Obama, Donald Trump. You know, no, seriously, that's why Donald Trump has not gone away. We yeah. have that balance of the left having so much influence, and now they want the the, the turn of the tide to be Donald Trump. And God help us if, if it is. Yeah, no, I think our three options are Bernie, Hillary, or move to Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's it for politics. I think that that was the South Carolina primary was pretty was pretty recent. I think it was like two days ago. Uh, yeah, Trump steamrolled that. Yeah, Trump. I what the fuck? I'm, that's what I'm saying. But. Ugh. That's what I'm saying. Listen, I'm not hating on you, South Carolina, but kind of like, fuck you, man. <laughs> so I'm, let's see. Uh, the North Carolina primaries are soon. Mm -hmm. That's our territory. Yep. Let's see if we can make it work. Let's see. Anyway, we had five minutes of extra catch up, so you're fucking welcome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's take a little break and then let's get back into the topic mm -hmm. of the day, which is horror movies. Ooh, spooky. spooky, scary, <laughs> spooky, scary, spooky, scary. All right. <laughs> I'll catch you guys later. Nice. Hello, Chris. And we're back. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been literally 15 seconds. It is. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> really good. Ready to get into the topic. Right. Today we're going to talk about horror. Yeah. And we're not talking specific movies, I think. We're going to talk about the genre, the genre and discussing some of the movies that we like. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the other two episodes that you've already heard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but horror. Mm -hmm. What are your opinions on horror? Um, I mean, it's, it's not my favorite genre, but I respect the good ones. Okay. You know, I respect good horror. I mean, I'm paranormal activity can eat a dick. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, like that, that doesn't, it didn't do anything for me. You know, like the, the, the first one, okay, the first one, the first paranormal activity, I was like, you know what? This isn't terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah. The, the first one, but then I was like, you can't make another one. You no. Know, like no, but then, then made six. And then, and then I didn't even know there were six. I think there's seven. I think there's seven now. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean,. I like the fact that we've literally been a minute and we're already shitting in paranormal activity. Oh yeah, oh, I'll continue. To. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's just it's not my thing. Not gonna. That's not my thing. Um. Also, like Blair Witch Project, the first one. I'm like, okay. I'm like Blair Witch is well, there, there were sequels to Blair Witch Project. Oh, they made a Blair Witch too. Really? Yes. Yeah. The second one must have been bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, so it's like those type of like horror films aren't really my thing. Now, I'll tell you the the one that that killed me as as a kid was Child's Play. I haven't seen that one. Child's Play. I mean, it came out in 88, so I was uh, four or five at the time. <laughs> you know, so, and, and it's about a, a doll named Chucky. You know, so, what's... Uh, what, no, no, I like, I see, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. What was so menacing about it, like, as a child, the terror is because you're surrounded by these dolls. You know, I, I have a Teddy Ruxpin, like, all kinds <laughs> of, like, dolls that are, like, Chucky size, you know? So, I'm like, if I close my eyes... Chucky size? <laughs> yeah. If I close my eyes, Chucky's going to run into the kitchen, get a knife, and fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is what I'm thinking as a kid. You know, so, I mean, just nostalgia 
is is what 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 why I like Child's Play so much. You know, I, I'm not I wouldn't be afraid of it to watch it now, yeah. but every time I watch it, I have that same fear that I had as a six year old. Yeah, it brings it back. You're like, I know this isn't real, but like, oh yeah. fuck. Oh yeah. Uh, I I I've watched Child's Play when I was also like seven or six. Yeah. Shit was terrifying, man. Yeah. That was not okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my parents let me watch that shit. Hey. <laughs> I was like having nightmares about fucking Chucky. Yeah. Open the door, there's a little fucking ginger ass doll in the door. The fact that it's like that, that didn't make it that that made it more terrifying. <laughs> like the little ginger child. Yeah. Like I, I didn't even know what a ginger child was. I'd never <laughs> seen a redheaded child in my life at that time of my life. Like never. With the freckles and the hair and everything. It's, you know, it must be terrifying to see it for the first time. It, it, it was. <laughs> it was. You know. Sorry, so, yeah. gingers. <laughs> oh, they they know what they are. You know what you are, you day walking son of a bitch. <laughs> no. Day walking son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, yeah, Child's Play was terrifying. It was it, as a child, and I, that that held up for me. I mean, and of course, you know the basics of Friday the Thirteenth, Jason, the classics, stuff like that. You know, I love that stuff. But um, but yeah, I, I just try to stay away from the bullshit horror. I'm not, I'm not into the the popping out of the closet. Uh, oh, what's that? You know, stuff like that. I'm like, it's it's not big on me. I'm more of the psychological type type stuff yeah same here but i i think horror is a fascinating genre mm-hmm. because it's so cheap to make most of the time yeah that you're either gonna get like really good movies or like really shite movies mm-hmm. and usually it's really shite movies yeah um but and i like horror i like horror because it's um horror is one of those gen- genres that your your limits as to what you can do in terms of budget mm-hmm. budget uh limit your Ability to make a good movie, yeah. like they they can you can either suffer from it, but we have movies like like The Thing, mm-hmm. that and like what's movies, uh, like the Friday Thirteen movies, mm-hmm. uh, the Evil Dead movies, yeah, that their budget was so limited that whatever they did to make their movie had to be super creative and fun, and they excelled at finding new ways to scare their audience because yeah. they had to, otherwise they couldn't make the movie. Yep, so. In terms of horror, I think the classic era of horror, like 70s, 80s, and 90s, mm. was like really the prime of horror. Because it was at so. the time that filmmakers had to be creative because we didn't have a lot of CGI. Mm. It was still kind of like a new thing. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't even a thing in the 70s. So it, was a, it started being a thing in the late 90s. And so I feel like that sort of limitation of like having to do practical effects on purpose and mm. having to make sure that you got your visual scare. Yeah immediately and you build up the suspense because having the monster on screen was really expensive oh yeah so you only had him about 30 minutes of the whole movie but you sometimes you didn't even have the fucking monster it was just the whole suspense yeah uh so i feel like horror as a genre started off really really strong because Mm -hmm. it had to yep but now because i can go in after effects and make a monster in like five hours yeah then i feel like the whole genre has been sort of cheapening down because everyone can get their hands on it and it's a huge shame because horror is really it's a really really fun genre. It is. What what do you what do you think about uh like horror like the gore horror like uh hostile things like that? It it depends. Like if if it's genuinely entertaining with a good plot, mm. I can handle it. But if it's just gore for the sake of being gore, mm. kind of like Cannibal Holocaust or mm. or Green Inferno yeah. with Eli Roth. Mm. Mm. Fucking hate that movie. Like I, I'm, I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. Like I said, I don't, I don't get in. I don't like uh, action yeah. when, um, when it doesn't move the story along. But horror and, um, and gore. gore, like I can just watch that like pornography. 
<laughs> like, you know, seriously, I mean, it's just just watching someone reach into someone's stomach and pull out their intestines, strain them out, strain the strain the blood into a glass and then chew the intestines. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. I will watch stuff like that. And it doesn't even have to have a point. I don't yeah. even have to have any connection to the victim or the terrible person. I just like to see it on the screen. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. That actually that's fascinating to me cuz cuz I can I can do the same thing with horror, with action. action. Mm. I can watch action and be like, "Ah, oh, shit, the guy just blew the fuck up." <laughs> and be really happy with it. Yeah. Um but horror I, it, horror has to have a purpose for me. Mm. Um, because I don't get scared. I get scared of loud noises, mm. but that's not a scare for me. That's just something loud. Yeah. And gore just kind of like I'm and I'm like, and, uh, and blah, 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 desensitized to horror, mm. to mm. like gore, yeah. because I've played so much horror games mm. that gore just kind of like, all right, he's shooting the intestines. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, pop this eye out. I yeah. guess I'm just here for another five minutes while he bleeds out. Yep. Kind of thing. So I'm like in that realm of the horror. So gore doesn't do a lot for me, mm. but thrillers and psychological horror. Yeah. It's like, mm, fucking love that shit. Did you bust it so up just good. now? Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, they, things are changing a little bit with um, the way that horror films are made, thankfully. Um, just because we were going to do this podcast, I did some research on horror films and just talked to people about it. Mm-hmm. One of our friends that works at the movie theater, um, Jonathan, he recently watched The Witch that came out. I've heard really good things about The Witch. I didn't get to see it. I, I didn't get out of class until late yesterday, but he had nothing but great things to say about The Witch. Interesting. Nothing but good things to say about it. So I'm I'm excited to see that from the way it was shot. Uh, one of the movies I did watch um, last night actually was called Good Night Mommy. Good Night Mommy? Is yeah. that the fucking German one? It is. The... Yeah, with the twins. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Was that good? I... I don't know what happened to my voice. Though. Was that good? My, my... <laughs> See what happened. Like I, like I said, I'm not big on the horror genre. My girlfriend's seen that and she was like, I think this is one you will like. You know, okay. because it's different. Uh, here's a, a basic synopsis of it. Um, it's by uh, Good Night Mommy by Veronica Franz. Uh, twin boys who do everything together from collecting beetles to feeding stray cats welcome their mother home after her reconstructive surgery. But with her face wrapped in bandages and her demeanor distant, they grow suspicious of her identity. All right. So um, so she she comes home. She's had a reconstructive surgery on her face. Mm-hmm. She's completely bandaged up. She looks insane. You know, you can only see her eyeballs and then a, a odd smile on her face, mm-hmm. you know. So um, and, and another amazing thing I liked about it is all shot during daylight. Okay, it's, so it's all, not dark mm-hmm. on purpose. No, it's very clear. Very, very clear. Very vivid, high definition. I mean, it's, the clarity is amazing. You can okay. see everything. So, um, where can we? Where did you check it out? I seen Goodnight Mommy on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Cool. Yeah, one of those platforms that I have to have now <laughs> because it's just <laughs> spread out so far. But um, so yeah, so you have the the twins. You have the twins and and a mother who is just being very distant and odd since the um since the surgery, mm-hmm. you know, and at one point she's just not even speaking to one of the twins. She's only speaking to one twin. Oh, shit. Now this, this is where it takes me, uh, takes points away from the movie. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you assume here without seeing this movie? There's twins. The mother comes back. She's has her face bandaged from the reconstructive surgery, but she only acknowledges one twin. She's going to kill the other. Or the other twin doesn't exist. Oh shit. Yeah. It's like if, if no, no one on the screen ever, interacts with the other twin no one sees him no one talks to him some sixth sense bullshit exactly right i immediately thought m night Shyamalan. i'm like mm-hmm. why is no one speaking to this kid like when the mom speaks she won't speak to the other kid she doesn't hear what he says none of that stuff you know so i was hoping that there was going to be a twist at the end that wasn't something so cliche at this point that mm-hmm. i knew it was going to be and that was it that was it that the kid was dead the whole time oh, but fine. but 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 it's still there's still some saving grace here <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right now with um so so they're trying to figure out 
what's going on with the mother. You mm. know, so since she's got back, her demeanor has changed completely. Um, she wants to sleep most of the time, but she needs to rest because she just had the surgery. Mm, go ahead. Let me try to figure out yes. the plot of the movie. Let's go. Let me try to figure this shit out. All right. So we got two twins. Yep. Mom's just had reconstructive surgery. Mm -hmm. Now, reconstructive surgery doesn't happen for chits and giggles. Nope. They were in a car accident. Kid died. Mom had to go get surgery. And then she's not back because she's depressed that she lost her kid. And now she's disfigured. And then we have another little fucking prick mm -hmm. hanging about, wrecking shit up, thinking that he's had a twin brother. And shit gets fucked up from there. That is the exact plot point <laughs> of the story. <laughs> the awesome. exact plot point of the story. The uh, the twins. Spoiler alert, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should have seen this by now. <laughs> but yeah, they're, um, they're, they're the twins. Uh, one of them dies in the car wreck with the mother in there. She has a reconstructive surgery. The other twin doesn't want to let go of his brother that has died. Yeah. You know, so he's just pretending and playing the game as if that child is still there. The mother is trying to shake sense into the kid, like letting her know that he's not here anymore. But from know? the kid's point of view, the mother's just going fucking crazy. Exactly. The mother's just going completely insane from his point of view. So um, after that reconstructive surgery, he's talking with a twin brother throughout the movie. And they're like, this is not our mother. Who? Where's our mother? at?" They, they keep questioning her about it. And she's like, I am your mother. So eventually they tie her up to the bed. They tie her arms and legs to the bed and keep her stationary right there. And they ask her again, where's our mother? And she's keeping to her story, you know. So they go back looking at uh, videos and just old things that they've seen her mother in before. Mm -hmm. And they will say, okay, what about this birthmark? So they go to her face and look, unwrap the bandages like, where's the fucking birthmark at? Well, she if, just had a reconstructive fucking surgery. Exactly. She was like, I had them take it away, you know, yeah. with the reconstructive surgery. They was like, all right. One of them still skeptical, but like, maybe. You know? <laughs> they look at the video again and it's like, hold on, she had brown eyes. She has blue eyes now. Like, what the hell? So they question her about that. Like, where the fuck is our mother? You know? Right. And then she's like, those are fucking contacts. I have the contacts are in the bathroom. Go check. They're right there. You know? <laughs> they go in there. They're like, okay, well, those are contacts. You know? So then they're like, what about the birthmark? You know? <laughs> and it's just like thing after thing after thing. And they are not convinced that right. is their mother. You know, by the way, they're acting. So um, they're, they're tired of her saying anything about anything. So the, the two kids take super glue and super glue her lips together wow. and hold her mouth shut while she's just shaking and screaming. And like I said, this is all shot in the day with clear light and very good detail. They don't imply they don't imply anything. Nothing is it. implied. Okay. Everything is shown. That's pretty good. You know, so so they super they're super gluing her mouth to her being terrified, you know. And um, in the in the meantime, uh, Red Cross comes over and they're looking for donations and yada yada. <laughs> and they, they have the mom. Even in a fucking horror movie, those assholes are still looking for blood. Sure, <laughs> sure. But the um, yeah, but the kids, the twins, have the mother tied up upstairs, you know, with her mouth super glued, mm -hmm. you know. So they're trying to. Um, they don't want to pique the attention of the Red Cross people. So they they give them as much money as they can find and shoo them out of the house. You know, so eventually it comes time to where the mother is going to die. If she doesn't eat something, mm -hmm. you know. So my entire favorite scene of this movie, they have to go up there and they take like a suture type of scissors and they go to they zoom in the camera to where you see this perfectly. And he starts to slowly and very carefully snip the super glue from in between her lips. Damn. And the mother is still like fighting her lips apart as this is happening. And he goes to make a cut and he nicks the top of her lip uh. and she's still like trying to scream. Yeah. So she pulls the remainder of her lips apart with the super glue uh. and just tears her mouth apart and blood gushes everywhere. Jesus Christ. Everywhere. Very, very vivid. They showed the entire thing. And the thing, what, what brings it to another level is that you have to remember that those are her sons doing this to her. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, you don't well, believe that that's her mother, their mother, yeah. you know? So you're okay with them torturing who, whatever being this is in order to get their mother back, 
you yeah. know. But these are still children that are doing this horrendous things and are and are seeing this, you know. So so eventually they, they let her up because she soiled herself. She's peed shit and everything, you know, so yeah. they have to, you know, get her out or whatever. So she um they, they let her out of the bed and she immediately books it and tries to run out of the house. But these in super intelligent seven year olds have rigged the house to where when she runs out some home alone bullshit. E- exactly, yeah. Like a, <laughs> a a wire at the door that she can't see, she just trips over and smashes her face to bits or whatever because she falls from running. So eventually the uh, the twin ties her up again inside of like a vacant room mm-hmm. to the floor and um asking her like um do you, do you see my brother now she's like no and then that's the whole the plot what you were saying that's this happened reveal. yeah so they revealed everything that you said before with the the car crash the wreck there really wasn't another twin yada 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 and the mother is actually the mother that's you know up. the mother was actually the mother but the twin still doesn't the remaining twin still doesn't acknowledge it or believe it he's like if you if if you're the, our mother then what is what is my brother doing right now you know and he's holding a candle to the uh, the blondes the mm-hmm. um, the curtains you know it's like I don't know I can't see him what do you mean she's like oh. he's like all right so they burn the building uh, they burn the building up with the mother in there and they show the mother being burned alive Jesus Christ and and, and at that point you know that that's his mother yeah. you really know that that's his mother that was a that was a German movie or from Denmark something like that uh, I don't speak German or Dutch was, or any foreign, foreign language but it was a foreign movie yeah. where they say nine a lot that was German that was my extent to they, said nine they say nine many times so I nine. thought it was German but yeah it was like I said it's just there's not it wasn't the typical horror movie you got to see everything and it was it was so good I think so that good. that's the new I think that's the new standard mm-hmm. for horror movies. Yeah. Like, if you want a good horror movie now, you can't imply stuff. You can't hide behind a dark shadow. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, I'm going to gut you. Yeah. And it will happen, like, right now. And then you shank him. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's the standard for horror movies now because we've all seen the implications. Yeah. We've all seen the shoddy writing. We've all seen the friend jumping out of a closet to mm-hmm. scare the people. We've all yeah. seen that. But what we haven't seen is the genuine sort of shock horror. I mean, we, we need we need a revolutionist as far as, I mean, maybe that person is already there. I haven't dove far enough into horror, but mm-hmm. we're still riding the wave of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we need someone to just revolutionize horror once more, and maybe it's happening now. Maybe. You know? I, I like to think so. But interestingly enough, it's not American movies that are doing no, it. No, no. It's not American movies. It's mm-hmm. all these foreign directors yeah. that are looking at horror and going like, oh, I want to make, make mine, like, good yeah. <laughs> yep. and uh that brings me to my personal favorite movie mm-hmm. of horror the babadook yeah i love the babadook i was trying to watch that last <laughs> night it was one o'clock in the morning i watched good night mommy first and they the reviews that i read said that they were very similar almost it's, yeah yeah let, let's let's hear it let's, I mean, uh, okay. have you seen the babadook no that okay. was next on my list all right well spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen the babadook mm-hmm. uh, okay the babadook is about this mother whose husband died All right. and she lives along with this kid mm. and the kid's kind of like a, it's really inventive, creative kid. So he's always making like little gadgets and building little toys and whatever. The kid's actually kind of annoying All right. that kid, yeah. but <laughs> uh, the mom's in this kid and she's trying to handle her grief for her husband. And she's trying to like, at the same time live with this kid and she's got a shit job and she's just not happy in any point of her life. Yeah. Uh, because her husband died less than maybe three months ago, I think yeah. in the plot of the movie. And uh, what happens, she, she finds this book, and her kid finds this book called the Mr. Babadook. Mm-hmm. And he ex- insists that her mom reads him a bedtime story. And he gives her this book, uh, Mr. Babadook, 
and the mom reads it and whatever and it's it's shot really beautifully that one scene because everything's fun in the movie until they read that book mm. because the book is essentially saying uh, don't let Mr. Baba do kin. If you let him in, everything's gonna get fucked. Okay. That's what the that's what the book is saying. Right. And she's reading the story, and she's getting freaked out by the book. And she like stops reading the book in her way and freaks out. It's like, all right, we're not reading this anymore. This is creepy. Yeah. Closes the book, throws it out, and then tells the kid to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. The kid is the kid has a lot of nightmares. Okay. Uh, during the plot of the movie, and the mom can't get like a single moment to relax because the kid's so dependent on her for the nightmares. Mm-hmm. So you can see that she's slowly losing her patience with her kid. Mm. And to the point where she, like, jails at him every so often. And she reads the bedtime story. She was like, all right, fuck this. Not reading it. Yeah. Throws it out. And then tries to get the kid to go to sleep. But the book keeps coming back into her life. Mm. That Kind of like a, uh, kind of like the Ouija board. A Ouija board, yeah. Yeah. yeah it just, she throws it away. It keeps coming. It keeps appearing. Mm. And it's a kind of, it's a pop-up book. It's like a really creative pop-up book mm. with the character of the Babadook. And it says, if, if you, if you don't let him in, you get fucked up if you do. Okay. And the kid, after reading the bedtime story, the kid sees the Babadook mm. uh, throughout the house, but the mom doesn't believe him. Inside the house? Yeah. Okay. The Babadook is in the house now. He's trying to find a host mm. and it's trying to be like, it's trying to get into the mom. Yeah. And so the kid's seeing the Babadook inside the house, and he's like, Mom, the Babadook is here, and the kid has nightmares. And she's yeah. like, no, fuck you, the Babadook is in here, go to sleep. Mm. She's losing her fucking patience with this kid. And the guy's like, no, the Babadook is here. And the mom's like, fuck you, let me sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and it got to the point where the mom is so angry at the kid that she has like a moment of weakness, mm. and the Babadook like possesses her. Hey. And now it's the kid trying to fight against his mom, because the mom's trying to kill him, mm. uh, in order to like survive and yeah. get his mom back from the Babadook. And uh, shit happens. They have some really well shot action sequences mm. in the house. Uh, the suspense is really good. They kill a dog, which made me cry, mm. <laughs> and all that shit. And the, but it's really, really well filmed. Really yeah. visually solid. Nice. And the acting is done fantastic. That little kid did a fantastic job. Nice. And so at one point in the story, the mom is possessed by the Baba Duke, and she's trying to kill the kid mm. um, because she can't fucking stand it any longer. Uh, and the kid survives and gets the Babadook out of the mom. And then, how, how does he do that? Uh, I don't remember. Mm. Uh, it was kind of like a really intense scene where the she tie, he he ties her up. Yeah. And starts saying, "Get out of my mom" or whatever. Like exercises are pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a weird sort of exorcisty yeah. scene. Um, but kid does it, saves the mom. Whatever mm. they're they're hanging out, and then at the end of the movie, what does what does the Babadook go from there though? This is what this is what okay. the end of the movie is. At the end of the movie, instead of the Babadook leaving, mm. they cut back to like I think a year later, like six months later. Yeah. And they're ha- they're she's happy now. The kid's happy. They're making neighbors and friends. Yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me. And then they're um. She goes like, "All right, time to feed the Babadook." And they go into the closet, and they have the Babadook tied up in their basement. Nice. And she feeds him, and then she, they the movie ends. They just feed her like they feed him regular food. Yeah, they just oh, nice. feed him like a. Some fucking meat, whatever. Nice. And they then then that's the end of the movie. It cuts black right there. But now the reason I like this movie, first of all, is because apart from being like legitimately scary at times, like legitimately creepy, not scary. Mm-hmm. It's not saying I have a lot of jump scares. It's all, it's always there. You see exactly what's happening on screen. The Babadook is not on screen a lot. He's yeah. on screen maybe thirty minutes. And when he's on screen, most of the time it's inside the mom. Yeah. So you don't see the Babadook as an entity. Um, but it's very creepy. Everything just sort of sneaks up on you. You, for uh, the beginning, you think that the kid's being a bit of a prick, but then it turns out that it's actually the kid was right, and it's the thing that carries the movie. Yeah. 
Um, but in terms of like how well it's shot and how well everything is conveyed, yeah, it's really good. And I think it's a foreign movie. I don't think it's it's American mm. at all. Um, but the idea that I like about this movie is that it's no, it's not just a horror movie for the sake of being scary. It's a horror movie that carries the message of grief. Yeah. Because the Babadook, it, the movie's a giant metaphor for like how grief can affect the family. Okay. Because the mom lost her husband, and now she's taking it all out on the kid, and to the point where the kid feels unsafe and like where the kid just wants his old mom back. Mm. So the Babadook represents grief and like all the dangerous things that come with grief. Mm. And then, it, then the rest of the movie is like like the mom's struggle with it. Yeah. And when she accepts it as part of her life, then they can lock it in the basement and they keep it controlled. Yeah. They manage it. And that's when they get happy. So really, this is a horror movie disguised as a redemption movie, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And it's why I like it so much. Because uh, apart from being creepy, legitimately creepy, mm. and most of it is shot during the daytime. Mm. And most of it is, sh- and like at least... A quarter of it is shot during nighttime. But even when it's shot during nighttime, you have very purposeful lighting. Mm. So it's kind of like cloudy white lighting during nighttime. And you can see exactly what the director wants you to see. And everything is just done really nicely, I think. But I like the fact that it's a horror movie that's disguised. I mean, it's a redemption movie disguised as a horror movie. I love that. I mean, a horror movie with the actual message. Yeah. And it's it's really worked. Some people didn't like it because they were expecting a creature feature. And you're like, and it's the marketing's fault. I mean, when you're a foreign company and you're marketing to America, you're gonna mm. make it look American. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's their fault, but the marketing fucked that movie up because yeah. uh, there were people were expecting a feature creature, but it turned out to be like a really good horror movie with like a bit of a metaphor. It was it was just a heavy-handed metaphor. Yeah. To the point where I might say it was a little bit too preachy, but it doesn't distract from the movie at all. I mean, the movie looks beautiful and it's filmed beautiful and the action is beautiful. The yeah. action is fantastic. The actors are fantastic and the idea of the story the fact that it's a kid's character mm-hmm. that's doing this like a storybook character i mean fantastic what i'm liking about hearing it, hearing it now it reminds me of child's play now but but taking a bit further and and putting a message to it you know um in child's play the very first one there's a man who would be equivalent to the babadook mm-hmm. you know he's trying to um to put his force his essence his being into an a, actual body mm-hmm. you know so a human body but um he, he's about to die and the only thing that he could find to transfer his energy into was chucky the doll, the doll yeah. you know but the, the doll's purpose is to put himself into another person you know the yeah. mother child whoever he could put himself into so it's in in that essence i really like how it's similar mm-hmm. and they actually put a twist in a meaning like there's really no hidden messages behind child's play yeah you know but with with this was the babadook the Bible, there Bible really, Duke. there's definitely is a meaning. Yeah. And and you get it. Yeah. Like, some people didn't get it, which mm-hmm. I was like, all right, how did you not yeah. get it? Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but I watched it with a group of friends, mm-hmm. and, like, all of us were genuinely into the movie. And that doesn't happen often, because horror movies for us, for my friends out there, shout out to you. Mm-hmm. They're horror movies for us, so usually I would have just laughed yeah. and, and not be scared. But mm-hmm. the Baba Duke, we were all legitimately, like, scared. Yeah. <laughs> There was a, um, as, as far as um, movies with a message, horror movies with a message, I watched um, a couple of weeks ago, It Follows. Oh, I saw, I've seen the trailer, but I haven't seen the movie. I've seen things about the movie. How is it? All right. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say it, all right, I expect to hear like some shit about whatever we're talking about. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> so so it's called It Follows. It's um, directed by uh, David Robert Mitchell. Mm-hmm. After a carefree teenager sleeps with her new boyfriend, Hugh, for the first time, she learns that she is the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. So it's a sexually transmitted curse. A sexually transmitted <laughs> demon, basically. It's an STD, <laughs> but it's the personification of the STD. <laughs> you know? That's so funny. there, there is an actual literal... A sexually transmitted demon that follows you after uh, you've had sex with the person with that um, with the curse. Okay, you know. So the uh, the movie starts off with uh, a guy named Hugh, and he has the curse. You don't see how he got it before any of that stuff before that, but you know that he has it. Yeah. And uh, whenever you have the curse, um, you'll you'll see someone that you recognize following you, or just it, it can take the host of anyone. You know. Yeah, it can shapeshift into anything. Really. Yeah, yeah. So it's um it just follows you, but it can't run. It's always human. But it's always at a slow pace walking, you yeah. know, so it can only get you as fast as it can walk. So um, so the guy, he takes a girl on a date and uh, they go to the movies. But while they're at the movies, he's seeing a person walking to him slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what the fuck? And he notices that there someone's following him. So him and the girlfriend leave. They go out on a second date and they have sex, you know. And while they're having sex, he takes chloroform, puts it over her mouth, knocks her out, takes her to an abandoned, um, an abandoned warehouse, mm-hmm. ties her up and lets her know what's going on. How the fuck does he know what's going on? I guess the person before him. I mean, you just you just have to imagine that the scenario that she's in, that he was in it before. You know? I guess so. Yeah, it's like they don't give you any backstory about that whatsoever. You know, so um, so now he's letting her know, you know, that uh, now she has to curse and that um, that you will see the whatever following you, and he just breaks it all the way down, the slow pace that they walk, yada yada, mm-hmm. and um, she. See- I'm 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 sorry, I, I got to interrupt you there because no, that but- scene that's just an exposition scene. Of course, and. I hate exposition scenes. I mean, it's, I hate them so badly. I mean, I, I started the movie with sexually transmitted demon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> That's how I started this. I guess when you have that going on, you got to explain some shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? So, 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 so basically, she has this. Uh, she has this demon following her for the entire movie, but she has a conscience and she just doesn't want to dump it off on any random person. Mm-hmm. But uh, she eventually has a, a love interest, and he wants to to shoulder the burden for her and take the curse by having sex with her. <laughs> you know, just have sex with another dude. Exactly. Just fuck that guy, and that's and what then she does. Fuck this guy that, for a while, and that's what she does. She goes. <laughs> she goes and fucks the other guy that she doesn't give a shit about. That's good. You know, so she's at home. And then she sees a per- a someone walking slowly to his house. Okay. You know, it's taking the form of his mother, you know. So he goes into, she she tries to go into the house, but it's too late. The mother has already killed him, you know, and then turns to her next. Oh, you okay. know? So, so now, she's still fucked. Now she's fucked. Because um, when, whenever the person dies, then it automatically goes back to the next person. So if she dies, then it goes to the person that gave it to her. Okay. You know, it can, continues to go. So um, so, so eventually they decide to, to sit inside of a, a pool room. With a swimming pool indoors. I know that scene. Yeah. They yeah. try to throw electric shit into the pool to try to electrocute the whatever the fuck it is. Exactly. Yeah. They, they try to electrocute the, the thing that they can't see, throw blankets over the thing that they can't see, shoot it, and yada, yada. I mean, it's... Yeah. So they, they eventually think that they kill the... Uh, By the they, way, spoiler alert, it doesn't work. No, it does not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. They, they, they think that they, they've actually accomplished something. But then at the end of the uh, the movie, you see the main character, the main female, and the uh, the love interest, the guy that wanted some sex. Mm-hmm. Even if it meant his life, you see them walking. <laughs> it literally meant his life. That is STD, man. Fucking puberty, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm willing to die for that shit. Well, I'm telling you, there's literally a demon that will come after you if you have sex. With... No, I'm... Yep, I'm... sign me up. 
I'm fine with it. <laughs> Fuck I'm into it. I want it right want now. That. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know, but but the, the last scene shows them, similar to Mama Duke, um, uh, Babadook, mm-hmm. how they uh, they just live with it inside the closet. Mm-hmm. It follows. They um, they live with it. They t- alternate turns back and forth of who is, you know, who is coming after. So they eventually have to live with it and I'd stop running see, away from I'd, it. I'd love to see that fucking calendar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the reviews, people people were just like, yeah, it all works out until somebody gets pissed off and decides, like, you know what? You know what? Just just fuck that. Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> you know? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's, he's at the window right now. Come on. He's at the fucking window. <laughs> what, no, no. You don't want to watch. You don't want to take out the fucking trash. You don't want to take out the fucking trash. <laughs> now you got to deal with the STD demon outside the fucking door. Now you got to deal with that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So it, ah, that's fucking great. But they have to fuck each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. Constantly, they constantly get in laid. Constantly. Which, constantly. Okay, okay. Obviously, S.D. Demon, mm. obviously the guy who was making the thing, mm. said, well, I don't want people having sex because mm. it carries diseases. Mm. But at the end of the movie, there's a circle of friends that are just fucking each other. Yeah. The fuck? A, a circle of two people. There's two people. The, oh, uh, two people? The, yeah. That boy and the girl? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like four people that oh, were no, like no, no. sharing the fucking thing. No, just uh, the, two, the two people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, well you didn't do anything for valentine's day so the demon's yours now exactly yeah that's what i'm saying it's, it's very it's silly you, you know? see that guy just like listen just please i just it's like there it's right <laughs> it's like right there <laughs> it was it is good so i mean it's like it's good for a laugh if nothing else like i said uh, uh std demon i mean that's it's just pure comedy i, I think the, the <laughs> it really is yeah. the jokes write themselves it does um, but I, I've seen a lot of shit about that movie. And mm. like one of the things that I, I've seen people complain about the most is like the ambiguity of the setting. Yeah. Uh, do you don't know if it's like it looks like the 70s, but it's like high technology. Mm-hmm. And then the universe, the rules of the universe are a bit dodgy and unexplained. It's very nebulous. Yeah. You yeah. don't really know what the rules to it are. Because like, yeah, because like, they, they set up one rule and then they break it in the other rule. Yep. And they're like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. What, is this, what can this thing do? What can it do? Yep. Uh, like, how did it get up on the roof? If it on, can only walk, yeah, yeah, and like kind of teleport, it can teleport now apparently. Like, cause if you like, if you're in a neighborhood, you just go a couple hundred miles that way. You're good for at least a couple days. Yeah, if it's walking slowly. I mean, if if they would have just added a few things for intentional laughter, mm-hmm. then it could have been a completely different genre and been like a B plus movie for me. Could have been a horror comedy. Yeah, and I yeah. love that. I horror love horror comedies. comedies. Yeah, I love yeah, I love horrors that don't intend to be comedies that are just shit. <laughs> you know that are funny. Like I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I got two movies for I got one movie from you for uh, that one on Netflix. Watch the creep. The creep. It's a it's one of those like found footage films. Mm-hmm. Essentially, some dude, some filmmaker needs money, and he takes up this job to document a man's like dying couple of months, couple yeah. of weeks, because he's got some weird form of cancer, mm. and I, <laughs> shit just gets so weird nice. so quickly. Nice. The guy turns out the guy's kind of like insane, mm. and he's just lying to. The, I'm not. You gotta watch it. You gotta I, w- watch it. I will. Watch if you want like a good laugh. Get a couple friends, have a couple beers, mm. and just watch the creep and laugh because nice. it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> this movie is so bad <laughs> that you need to rush out and go see it immediately. Yeah, it's it's like it's so bad that it's good. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that one's a that one's a good one. Mm. But in terms of like horror comedy, yeah. have you seen Tucker and Dale versus? No, not Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, Ash Tucker and versus, Dale versus Evil. Oh, yeah, no, have you seen that one? No. <laughs> So good movie. The premise of it's the guy that did that played the pilot in Firefly. Uh, uh Firefly, uh, Nathan Fillion? No, 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 the pilot, the Nash. It was the ginger. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't know his name. Oh, oh, yeah. the, the actual pilot, like not the pilot episode, the actual person that flew the, yeah, the, the spaceship. Oh, okay, no, no, yeah, I don't know. He was uh, in um, he was in a uh, dollhouse too. Exactly. I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that guy, it, it's him and another dude. Right. And the plot is that there's a bunch of kids. <laughs> there's a bunch of kids going on a vacation in like a cabin out in the woods, yeah. and uh, these two, their car breaks down or something, and they're stuck in like the wooded area between these cabins. Uh, Oh, hold hold on! No no, right. no, 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 no! Listen to me. Listen oh, to us. Because because you've 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 set this up with the cabin in the woods and the car breaks down, and now I'm just like I need the nudity and the the machete next. You need the girl that's needlessly running around with her boobs out. Exactly, and then the machete just chopping off titties. I mean, that seems like the the next. <laughs> that's step. but that's exactly why this movie's so great because it does that, and like they try to like get help from this uh, cabin people, mm-hmm. like they see two cabin people living there and they freak out the kids think that they're gonna get killed by them yeah and because one of the friends goes to talk to them and accidentally dies oh shit uh he didn't die on purpose what do you no, mean? no no <laughs> <laughs> he accidentally fucking like like dies in front of these guys and it yeah. looks like the cabin people killed them yeah uh, and so everyone, like all the kids, freak out. It's like, oh my god, they killed whatever the fuck his name was. I don't fucking know. Yeah. They killed them. Oh my god. Oh my god. They start freaking out and they try to like get away from them and yeah. like kill them. But every time they approach the two cabin goers, what they die accidentally. Oh, but shit. it looks like the cabin people killed them. And so, and we cut back from like the group of teenagers and the group of uh, and the cabin goers. Yeah. The cabin people. And every time they cut into the cabin, people are like, at one point they're talking to the cops and the cops are like, we had reports about a couple of teenagers that have been reported missing. Yeah. I was like, listen, man, I don't know what's going on. Like we were just here doing business and these kids just started killing themselves in front of us. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so it's like, it's like set up with like this, this weird fucking cliche movie and it just fucking flips it on its head. What's it? Tucker and what? Tucker and Dell versus Evil. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, that one's really fucking good. I'm gonna have to see that. And then Cabin in the Woods also a really good one. Yes, for horror comedy. Cabin, that's one of my favorites. Cabin in the Woods. Um, Joss Whedon. Was it Joss Whedon? Joss Whedon. That was a good fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part about that movie was the stoner kid. Yeah. I was like, he was the only smart one. Yeah. I was like, but we shouldn't split up. Let's just stay together. That's the best choice. And it's like, thank you, every Scooby-Doo fucking episode out there. Exactly. I mean, it's like it was so self-aware, and it played on every horror stereotype ever, and then flipped the pothead on his, like, axis to make him the voice of reason yeah, <laughs> and right. logic, you know? And then not only that, but the fact that it's, like, aliens, like, they have to kill these people to sacrifice, otherwise aliens are going to fuck shit up. Yeah. You're like, holy shit, that is brilliant. That's a great way to flip a genre on its head. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, as far as horror comedy, those two movies are my fucking favorite. They're up there for me. I like and- Scream a lot. That was a, that's considered a horror comedy, right? I think that's just slasher. Slasher? Yeah. I, that, that was hilarious to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, Scream one and two were hilarious. It might me. be horror comedy, but I think it's just slasher at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a, one of those quote classics that yeah. people won't admit it's funny, even though it's really fucking funny. Yeah, it is. It is. That's another thing about horror movies. They don't like good horror movies. Usually, don't develop a following until after like five or six years oh, wow. after yeah. they're made. Yeah. Because it takes people the time to like go like oh they were just making fun of whatever they were doing yeah because people think that people take horror movies really seriously they don't oh shit sorry they don't acknowledge the fact that sometimes it's just meant to be a funny scene exactly uh but uh, dude as far as horror goes I feel like we're we're at the cusp of like good horror versus bad horror mm-hmm. like whatever horror movies come out next the witch yeah. surprising release for horror yeah 
uh, apparently, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Same. And I, you really don't expect a good horror movie in theaters anymore. All you expect is shit. Yeah. So uh, if we can get more horror movies in cinema, in the theater, mm-hmm. that can break that expectation, we might have a good season for horror. Yeah. Which might, which is good. I love, I love horror films, but they, they're done really poorly. Unfortunately. But yeah. hey, maybe the tot's turning. I, I hope, hope so. so. What are some of the classics that you know about, but you necessarily haven't seen? Um, I've never seen a Michael Myers film. Michael Myers? Same here. Not one. one. The Halloween series, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any one of those. Either. Not one. I haven't seen, um, haven't seen Friday the 13th. All of those. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen The Thing. I've seen with, The Thing, uh, yeah. What the fuck, John Carpenter? I haven't I seen that one. Yeah, it's, it's John Carpenter. It's a really good one, apparently. The the practical effects for that movie are fucking amazing. Yes, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, an, that's another thing that, that I hate about the genre of horror. What? We're depending more and more on CGI. Yeah. And because of that, actors feel like they're not really talking to anything. They're not really reacting to anything. Mm-hmm. But movies that take time to, like, implement practical effects mm-hmm. end up being really, really, really good. Because we have that level of realism. You know, and you can see it. You can see it on the screen when someone tries to replace time with money. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and it, it doesn't cut. I mean, we were, t- we were talking about that earlier. When you have such a small budget and everything has to come through with your writing and the effort that you're putting through getting your message across. And instead of the extra $250,000 that you can have blood spurts, mm-hmm. you know, is actually having to tell a story, you know, without the extra extra hustle and fuss. You know? Yeah, exactly. there's one movie that thing is an independent movie. I don't know the name of it, mm. but it's one movie where the most suspenseful scene of the movie mm you can't see the monster. Mm. And it's because uh, we're, we're in a, in a two-shot, mm. and it goes from the girl, and the girl's freaking out and says, it's behind you. But instead of cutting to, a, like, a over-the-shoulder or, like, a like a dirty shot, it just cuts to a very dramatic close-up of his face and the dude freaking out because he knows what's behind him. Oh, nice. But all you see is his face. Like, everything behind him is pitch oh, black. That's what is the reaction is the mm-hmm. most important. That's and wild. so, the, you see, you get the feeling of, like, suspense because he's feeling suspenseful. Yeah. Not because you're seeing what he's seeing. Yep. And because you don't know what the fuck he's seeing, your yep. imagination kicks in. And you get scared because you, you're now sympathizing with the character yeah. as if you were in his shoes. That's effective horror. Exactly. That's really, really That's good really horror. Good. And I wish I knew the name of the movie. I gotta watch it again. Uh, it's in a. It's in every frame of print. Uh, have you seen every frame of painting? Every frame of painting. Every frame of painting. Uh, yeah. Tony, we we watched it in class actually. The it, guy that broke down Edgar Wright's uh, visual comedy and like uh, Jackie Chan's kind of thing, we watched it in in a dude's class. Ah, uh, yeah, Yoko, yeah. That yeah. guy. Every frame of painting broke down that scene and some video i gotta find them and show it to you is that the one with the uh the the sugar cube no, all, no okay no. i'll have to look it back up yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll show you yeah but every frame of painting i'm gonna give them a shout out to anyone that listens to this podcast mm-hmm. and for some reason doesn't fucking watch him on youtube okay which is weird <laughs> but yeah. i'm gonna give him a shout out every frame of painting he's really really good nice. and he breaks down movies really really well His, they're video essays okay and that's where i learned about this movie and i wish i knew the name of it but that's good horror because horror is supposed to make you suspenseful. Yeah. It's it's a buildup of suspense and then the payoff of that suspense. Mm-hmm. But horror movies nowadays like Oculus and Didn't and Ouija and fucking good and fucking um, uh, Green Inferno, mm-hmm. they're not building suspense. They're just giving you the payoff without any of the buildup. Yeah. So it's not effective because you're like, oh, well, I don't give a shit about that guy. Yep. Uh, but movies like that, movies like Alfred Hitchcock, yes. which are uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's a horror 
guy. What? But like I wouldn't say he's a horror director. What? But he is. He's, <laughs> like, I, I beg to differ. But he's got really good elements of horror in his movies. Psycho isn't horror. I I thought Psycho was more of a thriller. Psychological for me. thriller. It was more of a thriller for me. Yeah. You know, what? I think more of the Toms. You know, That's because right. if if you think back to the the fifties and sixties, like they've never oh, had no, anything that like horror. that. So it was horrifying. Yeah, that <laughs> was know? horror for them. But yeah, but yeah, for, for us, I think in the genre would be, would be more apt to put into thriller psychological yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but Psycho is one of my favorite movies. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. And like, it's, I mean, bl- I have a problem with black and white movies most of the time. What's that? Um, because the, not because the inherent differences of black and white versus colors, because. Mm. The filming techniques were so different during the time that we use black and white yeah. versus the time that we use color mm-hmm. that sometimes it gets difficult to watch. Um, not because they're bad, but because there's such a dissonance between what I expect and what I'm actually seeing. You know, that's what I what I favor about black and white is that um, it doesn't seek your attention at all. Yeah. You know, like when I'll if I just have Isle of Lucy on the television, it's like I can walk past it and there's nothing saying, look at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have to pay attention to what's going on and... I have to absorb the information instead of having it pushed into my brain. You know, <laughs> yeah. is what I see with a lot of television now. But, yo, I, I didn't, I had no idea that we had this much to say about horror. Right? <laughs> I, I just looked at the time, too, and I was like, what the fuck? 43 minutes? Wow. <laughs> and I, but uh, let's just give a shout out to all the classic sort mm-hmm. of horror icons that right. we know. First of all, obviously Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Fantastic job on, I wouldn't call him a horror director, but I'm going to put him in this list okay. because it's Hitchcock, it's Hitchcock. Stephen King should go on there then. Stephen King's yeah. there. Uh, his movies aren't, the movies aren't that great. But uh, the, Shining, the older stuff, the older stuff was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a product of its time. Yeah. Definitely. You can, you can clearly see that the product, that is a product of like when the movie came out. Uh, I'm, like I'm, the Langoliers was not that great. I, I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna disassociate from that comment just mm-hmm. because I know that Stephen King has some re- like probably a few classics in horror from like the 60s or 70s that I don't want to just put say they was only good for that time. You know? No, well, I'm, I'm, gonna say, I'm not saying that they're good for that time. I'm yeah. saying that they're a product of the time. What do you mean? So like you can tell like when a movie's a product of their time for me, it's like you can tell what the general feeling for that time era was. Okay. Like what the general. The things that were considered cliche versus things that weren't uh, considered cliche. Got you, got you. Yep. Like it, it's it's a product of that time, yeah. but it's still a good movie. No, okay, I got you. No, like yeah. the Langoliers, definitely mm. a product of the time it came I'm out. It definitely a product of yep. the time it came out. Yep. The Shining is pretty timeless. That's definitely not a product of its time. The Shining mm. is pretty timeless. It is. Uh, but it was Kubrick, so fucking it's Kubrick, amazing. Um, but that's what I mean by a product of its time. All right. Movies that are, that are you can tell that were made in that time period. Yeah, yeah. And. Stephen King has a lot of really good ones. It mm-hmm. was really good. Carrie was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Langoliers was an entertaining series. It wasn't good, but it was entertaining as well. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King and his horror, his books are amazing. Yeah. I'm a huge Stephen King reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else is on my list? Uh, Wes Craven. Wes Craven, yeah. Who sadly passed away recently. Yeah. Uh, he was really good. I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but I know that they're a cult classic. Yeah. The Scream movies are a cult classic. Love it. Um. What else am I coming out with? What else am I coming out with? The slasher genre as a whole mm. may not be the best one, but it's genuinely fun to see. It is. I like to see it, yeah. Yeah, it's always good to get a b- couple of buddies and have a slasher film marathon. Yeah. It's just always a good time. Yeah. So, like, horror can mean so many things for so many different people. Like, for me, horror means having a good time with uh, friends and beer and Doritos and 
laughing and making jokes about what's going on screen. Mm -hmm. But also it means being cuddled up in a blanket because you feel genuinely creepy. Okay, yeah. So that's what horror means for me. All right. But it's such a fascinating genre because it can make really, it can be really well done and really shite. But when it's really well done, it's really, really, really well done. Yeah. So that's why I love horror. All right. How about you? What are your closing thoughts on horror? Uh, I mean, I, I like a lot of the, <clears throat> I like a lot of the classics. So I mean, the uh, the Friday the uh, Freddy, Jason, mm -hmm. uh, the Child's Play Chucky. Uh, th th those are my standards. You know, I mean, I'm a huge Freddy Krueger fan mm -hmm. just because he's not an actual being. You know, he's <laughs> just terrifying you through your dreams. He's the most interesting, I think, horror movie character that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, you know, because I mean, there there was no escape. You know, it's because, I mean, I could go outside and have fun with my friends. I don't even have to worry about Freddy Krueger, but yeah. it's the going to sleep. That's when, right. it's, it was because that's it. when you're most vulnerable. That was the greatest thing about the movie. When yeah. you went to sleep, you literally can't do anything because exactly. you're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it kept me up many, many nights, <laughs> you know, yeah. I can't stop watching it. So it was good. Yeah. I, I think horror is one of those genres. It can either be really well done or really shite. And it's it's usually a either end of the spectrum. Same as comedy. Yeah, same. You know, it's really really well done or just complete shit. So. Mm -hmm. Which uh, let's talk about a quick mention before we close. Zoolander yeah. two got horrible reviews. Z Zoolander one got horrible reviews. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, come on. We're talking about like the the main thing, like Blue Steel, and a few were, like facial expressions. I mean, it's like you're not gonna go there and then learn anything <laughs> from <laughs> from seeing any Zoolander movie. You know, but I'm I'm hoping that it just gives me that cult following of the first one. You yeah. Know? But like, oh, actually, I'll, I'll I'll bring that up after podcast. I think y'all you guys will be uh, surprised to hear about it later. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go we'll go into that later because okay. sequels are just sequels. Are, we should have a, a pair episode just about sequels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, guys. That's pretty much all we have to say about horror. Mm. Uh, Super fascinating genre for the both of us. Like, it means a lot of things. Yeah. And when it's done right, it's done absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but the germs, are, the, the germs, the gems are out there. Yeah. And, but we're going to find them mostly in foreign cinema. Mm. They're not just simply, like, American horror, just not good enough yet. No. Uh, it was good enough in the 80s and 70s, but now it's, we're definitely looking at foreign cinema for horror. Yep. So, with that in mind, uh, if you hear us, feel free to comment about what your favorite horror movies are. Uh, why you like him, why you don't like him, what did you think about what we had to say? Mm -hmm. And then let us know. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Definitely. If you think we're full of shit, then uh, let us <laughs> message us and say that. <laughs> you know, if you agree on some of the topics, do the same thing. You know, we would love to hear from you. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, we have one more segment. Oh. We're going to do our premieres for next week. Yep. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. And I didn't fuck it up this time. You did not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers. Shit. Yeah, you do not fucking evolve Pikachu. You just no, don't do it. No. Um, the same way that you don't evolve, uh, the same way that you always evolve Torchic in the new one. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. always evolve the fire starters. You always get them. Always. But you never, fucking never oh evolve Pikachu. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Uh, we are back. Welcome back to For Film's Sake. Uh, this is our premieres uh, segment. Uh, so we'll jump right into it with television. Uh, yeah, what's coming up? First, starting on Thursday, February the 25th, we have Great Minds with Dan Harmon. You hmm. might remember him from, uh, he was a showrunner from uh, The Community. He's a guy that does Rick and Morty. Really? Too. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, he helps uh, Justin Roiland with Rick and Morty. I didn't know that. Yep. 
had no idea. He um he has a, a new show that's premiering on the History Channel at 11:30 p.m. Uh, Thursday, February 25th. Uh, they already have so many guests lined up. Uh, Sarah Silverman, Dana Carvey, Aubrey Plaza. Is that playing on the History Channel? You said on the History Channel. What are they talking about? Um, he's he's talking about uh, historic events, but he's just having um comedians, comedians talk about reenact <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aubrey Plaza's in it. Jack Black's in it. I love to see fucking Sarah Silverman talk about the. I, love her. I she is so fucking I love good. Sarah Silverman. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't. <laughs> remember, I love to see Sarah Silverman talk about like European history. I love to see her talk about eggs, cardboard <laughs> eggs. Like I don't anything. Sarah's amazing. All right. What else is up? Uh, Friday, February the twenty sixth is a uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dra- Dragon. That's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. On Netflix. I'm so excited. Dan Kava. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Mr. Kava. Shout out Kava. Uh, he was talking to us about the movie when it had a limited release in Charlotte. Yep. And he went to go see it and said it was fucking fantastic. He did. And he writes for the Charlotte Culture Organization. Yep, yep. They write film reviews. Mm-hmm. And he said it was fucking good. So that's definitely one of the ones I'm checking out. And while we're plugging, um, they have a podcast, a movie makers podcast on iTunes as well. You know, so if you enjoy it, then you can listen to that next. That's literally you... what it's called. It's called the Movie Makers Podcast, yeah. by the way. Yeah, so go check that out directly after listening yeah. to ours. I think they <laughs> just released an episode about the new Star Wars. They did. Yeah. It was one of my favorite episodes. I, I still have to listen to it. I have that time. All right, I'm done sucking their dick. They're good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the same day, uh, Friday, February the 26th, uh, Fuller House mm-hmm. is coming out. Oh, sh- I'm excited for that, too. Uh, I really I, just want to see how they carry it up. I could like all right. Full House initially aired between eighty seven and ninety five. You know, so that's that's right in my wheelhouse. Grew up watching this show. I have no interest in this new show. Yeah, no. I can see why. I don't blame you. No. I just want to. I just want to see uh, what's it, John Mar- Stamos. Fuck that. Where's Mary Kate and Ashley? Where's Mary Kate and Ashley? If you don't bring back the twins and Mary Kate and Ashley and that damn dog Comet, I'm not watching. Those are the only things I three things I cared about on this show in the first place. The I twins forgot, and the dog. I forgot about Comet. Hell yeah, fucking Comet. I love fucking Comet. They would dress him up in like uh, handkerchiefs and um, bandanas and stuff around his neck. He was like one of the. He had no speaking parts either. He was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking carried Full House. Come and carry that damn show, yo. Uh, that's probably damn. my favorite thing that you've said. <laughs> All right. So that's that's that's, that's premiering on uh, Netflix, uh, same day Friday, February twenty sixth. Uh, next is uh, Sunday, February the twenty eighth. Finally, we have the eighty eighth annual uh, Academy Awards, the Oscars. Nice. Well, I want I want to see how that goes because they got a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. And we gave him shit, too, the first mm-hmm. episode. Well, we did. And Chris Rock is going to be hosting it, so I think it's just going to be... Chris complete. Rock. Chris Rock. Chris yes. fucking Rock. Yeah. They, Rock. they had a joke earlier. Um, it was like, yeah, with there being no black nominees at all, it was like, I'll just go up there and whiteface, you know, make him more comfortable. <laughs> you know? I, was like, so I was like, I can't wait to see what he does. It's going to be amazing, I think. so. Can I just point out my favorite Chris Rock? My favorite Chris Rock bit mm-hmm. is the niggas versus black people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't hang out with a nigga. <laughs> he, he did that on, uh, on he, he even did it on HBO. It is a running <laughs> thing. Just like the, showing the difference between how black people act. Yeah. You know? It, it He's like, one of the few race comics that I genuinely enjoy. Dave Chappelle's really good with yeah. it, too. Yeah, yeah, Dave Chappelle's also a good one. They yeah. get my top pick. Yeah. Uh, before you go on, if you haven't seen Talking Funny with mm. uh, Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, Ricky Gervais, and, and Chris, Chris Rock, Rock, 
on HBO. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you're into comedy, they break down why things are funny. Yeah. They talk about comedy yeah. for like about 45 minutes. Yeah. Genuinely fucking fascinating discussion. And and what's what I like about it so much is like just like what you said, the difference between a nigga and a black person yeah. is everything has a context and a reason to be said. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris, the same comedian Chris Rock has a joke about the word faggot. Yeah, you know, uh, his, he, the joke was, you know, if he's if he's sitting in the car, you know, and they're they're at a light, the light is red, and he's sitting there listening to Gwen Stefani, this shit <laughs> is bananas. Be, <laughs> hey, you know, just singing that shit, you know, and the the light turns green, and then he's still sitting there, this shit is banana, like still sitting there, just being all flamboyant singing it, and then they miss the light, the light turns red, he's still sitting there. The guy behind him was like, "What the fuck, you faggot?" <laughs> you know, he was like, at that point. You know, I it's can't like, even be mad at exactly. Though. You're not even mad at it, exactly. You know, so it's like I'll, I'll refuse to take any words out of my vocabulary whatsoever. Is the thing is, it's intent. You know, yeah. if you're intending, if you're intending to, you know, hurt somebody's feelings and be a negative person, then yeah, there's no. Yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, exactly, you're, you're a dick. A it's dick. uncalled for. You know, but everything has a context. Everything has That's a place. Funny. Uh, yeah. Louis C.K. has another one of my favorite jokes mm-hmm. about the word faggot too. Yeah, he was like, "Man, I miss the word faggot." Mm-hmm. I, I used to say it didn't mean gay back then. No. It was just faggot fag- like yeah. you just call someone a faggot because they're being one yeah it's like like people from Phoenix and phoenicians like oh shut up you <laughs> faggot yeah. and i was like if i saw two dudes blowing each other mm-hmm. i wouldn't call any of them a faggot no. unless he said that and i'd be like oh shut up faggot and suck that the dick, dick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. so <laughs> yeah i just realized that we said like two of the most like not fucking okay words and like like seven times in the yeah. last 30 seconds but you know what we're quoting comedians, so it's fine. No, even, even no, fuck that. I was like, I'm not gonna pawn it off on Chris Rock and Louis C.K. No, this, no. this is how I speak. It's my responsibility. <laughs> yeah, it's my it, fucking responsibility. Exactly. This is how I speak, and it's like, I'm, I'm not gonna do, say anything yeah. negative towards anybody, to try to hurt anyone's feelings. But this is my vocabulary. Yeah. How I speak. As long as long as com- comedy is one of those things that, as long as your intent is is pure, yep, for comedy, then I think you're mostly okay. Yeah, we should have a discussion about that at one point. Like, I'm, like I'm language all for it. and comedy. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Sunday, February the twenty eighth. That's going to air at four p.m. on ABC. Uh, the next um, on Monday, February the 29th, a show called Gotham. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotham. I got a friend that acted in Gotham. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Gotham was on a hiatus. It does the same thing like Walking Dead. They'll show mm-hmm. half the season, then hiatus, then back. Uh, so they're coming back from hiatus on Fox at eight p.m. on uh, Monday, February the 29th. Sweet. And the last show for the week is on Tuesday, March the first. It's called Weedikit. Weed a kid. That's yeah. etiquette about weed. Yeah. Is that what yeah. And I, I even I watched a trailer on it because I started to not even put it on the list, you know. But the trailer, what I liked about it, it wasn't the stoner that's yeah, man, we got to get this weed legalized here because you know yada yada. It's just it came from a credible source mm-hmm. or at least seemed credible, you know, an actual person that's not holding the blunt in them, their hands right there, you know. So it, it seemed like it was coming from a credible source. It was it was done very well from the trailer, you know that, <laughs> that I'm seeing, you know. But uh, it it was worth checking out, just going into the different medicinal uh, uses of marijuana and things like that, you know. But that's going to be premiering on uh, Viceland uh, documentary. Yeah, cool. On uh, Viceland at 11 p.m. Tuesday, March the first. Nice. That's it for television and movies. Yeah, what about movies? I, there's, I don't think there's a lot of notes for movies. You know, even every week we say that, but then yeah. we come back and was like, did you know that, like, The Witch? We talked about The Witch last week. Did we? was, yeah. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, and then this week was like, what? The Witch? <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, um, and Zoolander, same thing. It was like, oh, Zoolander might be good. Oh, Zoolander is shit. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, uh, on uh, February, uh, Friday, February the 26th, uh, Eddie the Eagle. 
is going to be coming out. Hugh Jackman and some other guy that I don't know his name. It's uh, it's a PG-13 movie about a ski jumper. Yep. Is what this is about. That's That movie looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. That's uh, the first one. Uh, premiering the second movie this coming out this weekend is called uh, Gods of Egypt. That's um that's another one of those generic Your Butler films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I got to admit, the action looks really cool. But it's uh, one of those generic action movies. Yeah. I'll, I'll may pass, but yeah. uh, we'll see. That's another PG-13. And then uh, finally, the one rated R movie is called Triple Nine. Triple Nine. I, I don't know that one. No, uh, the, they actually have some star power with it. Uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Oh, oh really? Mm-hmm. Nice. He played uh, Jesse. What's his name? Jesse? Yeah, Jesse Pinkman. J- J- Pinkman Yo, yeah. white. You got to cook. <laughs> yeah. Um, so A- Aaron Paul. <laughs> I was a good impression. I was like, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. And then the black guy that's in every movie that no one knows his name, Anthony Mackie. <laughs> Anth- you know, that's funny. I don't know that name, but I'm sure I recognize him. You know, I mean, he's the, the black guy in your your superhero movies. He's the black guy in your white television shows. He's the black guy in every, in the black television. He's the black guy he's in the shows. He's the black guy. Yes. Not named Morgan Freeman or Samuel Jackson. <laughs> if you If you see a black person on the television show that you don't recognize, it's most likely him. <laughs> let me look him up I, want, I don't know what his face looks like keep talking yeah and then uh oh and uh casey affleck is in that one too so that's so is, is that she related to ben you know i feel like i should know that yeah but you but <laughs> <laughs> but, but but i i do not and, and as far as i know casey is like um oh it's this fucking guy yeah, yeah i know who he is a- exactly he was uh he, isn't he fucking uh the guy with the wings in avengers yep that guy? Yeah, yeah. So he's the black guy in your superhero movies and <laughs> any movie. Like, every movie. He's in everything, you know. But, um, but yeah, Triple Nine. And that concludes television and mm-hmm. movies for the week. I might actually check out Triple Nine because mm-hmm. I, I like Aaron Paul. I, I love Aaron. He's I, pretty cool. I liked him in uh, Breaking Bad, but I, I heard the reviews for uh, Need for Speed. That was and not a good movie. Yeah, so I was, I'm, I'm going to need to see him do something else good before. Yeah. That's usually, I hate that that's a trap for actors that come out of really successful series. Mm-hmm. Um, because they bring him in for star power. Yeah. But then the directors aren't that good or the writing isn't that good. Mm-hmm. And they t- obviously take the project because it's a paycheck. Yeah. Um, but when the directors and the actors aren't good, you get a, shit, a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. And that ruins their names when they're like, it's the first thing that they do out of a television show. Yeah. And I, I don't want Aaron Paul to do that because he's like a genuinely, he's a nice actor. Yeah. I mean, he's nothing like Pinkman. If you see him walking around, yeah. he's nothing Different like person. him. Different person. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he's got. I hope, hopefully, Triple Nine puts him on the map as a movie star. That'd be nice. Yeah. You know, I had I hadn't heard much about Triple Nine before today, but they they have star power. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so. Uh, anything else that you're looking forward to? Uh, that's looking, not necessarily coming out soon. Looking you. forward to uh, still watching the uh, the OJ Simpson um, the OJ Simpson thing that's on FX. Oh, okay, how's that going? probably the best thing on tv right so now good. yeah nice. the only thing is just the the exaggerated kardashian part about it mm-hmm. but i mean kardashian is, is next to the obamas they're probably like the biggest family in america yeah that's not a good thing but it might be true it's true <laughs> you know so probably I mean, true yeah like I'm saying, <laughs> it might be very true you know but they're they're uh they feature the kardashians in the show not prominently but more than more than they needed to yeah yeah that's you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you 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 gotta you gotta sell tickets. You gotta get ratings. You know, you're yeah. drawing people in to watch something, and people watch that. People love the Kardashians and they hate the Kardashians. Oh yeah. So for whichever reason that you're, you, whatever, whatever side you're on, you're watching. You know. I fucking love to hate them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, most of them are fine. Most of them are fine. Exactly. Yeah. I have my obvious reasons for for liking some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Kim's... And my, my favorite is the, the dude that, it's not even a Kardashian, he's just married into the family. Oh, he's Scott the, Disick. The sarcastic fucking Fucking Lord I Disick. Yeah. Fucking love that guy. He's <laughs> awesome. He's the biggest douche ever and he's amazing for it. He's fucking fantastic. He's funny every time. Yeah. That's about, that's about all I got for the Kardashians, really. He's the only one I know. And the fucking I, I feel like like Haley? I feel like our IQs and like the listeners' IQs are collectively diminishing. The more that we say the name Kardashian, <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I uh, I saw a picture the other day that I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. It was uh Caitlyn Jenner and Kanye West hanging out. Mm-hmm. It was like Kanye looks super pissed. And the caption was like, "When mom invites you to dinner." Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> so the one thing that I'm I'm glad that Kanye mm. does is that he's making me laugh consistently. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time Kanye posts something on Twitter, mm-hmm. I laugh my ass. It's off. hilarious. Dude is fucking funny. Yeah. And like I don't think he even tries to be funny. I mean, like one of his lines from this this uh recent album is, "Everybody's gonna have say something. I'll be worried when they say nothing." That's true. You know. That's true. Also, my favorite line from his new album is. I don't need your pussy. I don't need you to write. Oh, that was on the other, the other on album. album. What yeah. was that line? That was, was on uh, Yeezus. I don't need your pussy, bitch. I'm on my own dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can write my own dick. It was like, mm-hmm. Kanye, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> how, that's how much he cares about himself, you know? <laughs> yeah, but closing word on Kanye, mm-hmm. I love the old Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Chop up the soul, Kanye. <laughs> Go, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye West might be one of my favorite people to take a shit on. He wrote a song that had his name in it like 30 times. Yeah. Every line, his name was in every line. I love the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. It's I like, hate the new Kanye. I'm sorry, Kanye. I'm like, all right. All right. Uh, Kanye West, listen, I think you're a bit of a prick, but please keep doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's not the type of person that I, I would want to be in the room with us. Yeah. You know, because he just, he wants to dominate everything that he's around. But I mean, as far as entertainment, I'm I'm in a He's fucking funny. Are we not His last album was actually pretty good. It was. Uh, I gotta say that. Yeah. It was dope. Uh, all right. I think that's it for today's episode. We're done. Thank you guys for listening. I'm getting better at that. I'm not fucking it up anymore. Oh, the listening part. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't kept up with the joke the last three episodes have been thank you for watching yeah it's a fucking podcast you listen to it you know what i think we should just go ahead and and, and just say thank you for watching every single time i bunked the mic <laughs> all right well thank you for watching thanks later guys <laughs>